Welcome to the Backyard PA Football Podcast. Been down a broken road now, I've been through that fire. There's angels holding on to both sides of the wire. I'm lagging what I need to carry you through it. Stay back or get on track, cause I can't have you ruin it. I say hold on, but don't hold me back. Hold on, but don't hold Pennsylvania's me back. Pennsylvania's backyard lives here. Don't bring that trouble with you. Don't bring that trouble with you. Big time play some big time games, and that's what we did, baby. Yes, sir. I found a way around you. Don't take me higher. Last time, the way I loved you, you just wound up tired. I'm laying what I need to carry you through it. Stay back and get on track, cause I can't have you ruined. I said, hold on, but don't hold me back. Welcome back to the Backyard Football News Podcast, where we discuss high school football between Pittsburgh and Morgantown. I'm Nathan Grella. I'm Jeremiah Miller. And today we have gathered to discuss the 3A Whippeal Interstate. Jeremiah, how excited are you to be talking about Bell Vernon, Elizabeth Forward, Greensburg, Salem, Mount Pleasant, South Allegheny, and South Moreland? Yeah, it's... Uh... Going to be interesting to see. Got a, a good mix of teams here. You got Bell Vernon, who was one of the top teams in 4A last year. In fact, the 4A runner up uh, in Greensburg Salem, who moves down from 4A now, moving in with a, a team that's really been on a resurgence the last few years. And Elizabeth Ford, Mount Pleasant, who had a solid year last year, and uh, a South Moreland team who was very good last year, and South Allegheny, who's got a whole new look all around this year. So it should be pretty exciting for the interstate. Um, I think there's a clear-cut favorite. I'm sure Nathan will just get into that here in a sec. But I'm still excited to uh, see a couple new faces here in the interstate. Absolutely. And uh, just wrapping up the final standings from 2021, Elizabeth Forward ended up winning this conference last season with 6-0 record in conference. Mount Pleasant, South Allegheny, Southmoreland all tied for second uh, with a 4-2 record. South Park finished fifth with 2-4 record. Yawk 1-5 and, and Brownsville went winless in the conference. Brownsville, of course, dropping out of the Whippeal, so they'll leave this conference. Yawk moves over to a different conference. Actually, I believe they might have dropped down to 2A. I don't remember. Uh, South Park moved into another conference. So in comes Bell Vernon dropping down from 4A. Greensburg-Salem dropping down from 4A as well to make the conference at 6. And let's start at the top as... You know, if, if you've heard any of these podcasts so far, we are going through the season preview magazine, which will be out by now for the Interstate Conference. Definitely go check that out. Um, and we're going through what I put in as my top six going one through six. So let's start at the top. And I say Bell Vernon finishes first in this conference. And you look at their season last year in 4A, extremely impressive, undefeated in the regular season, undefeated in the postseason up until the Whitfield Championship at Heinz Field where they lost to the Aliquip Equips. And 
The biggest loss on this team is Devin Whitlock. They also lose Riley Wyant, Cole Waitman at linebacker, Logan Cunningham in the defensive backfield. But aside from that, there isn't a ton of drop-off. Jeremiah, what is your opinions on this team coming into the 2022 season? Yeah, uh, Bell Vernon, in my opinion, would have been a top team in 4A again. Well, now they're down at 3A now, so that makes them even more deadly. Uh, you got one of the best prospects in all of the country, and Quentin Martin coming back. That never hurts. Uh, he's a generational talent. Jake Jettico, who, when he came in for Quentin Martin, had a pretty good uh, season. The game against Lower Highlands comes to mind. He's back there. Um, and just, yeah, you, you look at the names, Devin Whitlock, Cole Waitman, Logan Cunningham. Those are a few names that they have to replace and, and figure out what to do without. But when you got, like I said, Martin, Jettico, uh, you know, Raconan, that, that's, that's just a few names on this team that are back from last year that were huge contributors. Um, yeah, this uh, – this Bell Vernon team is uh, special, and they were last year. And like I said, they'd be dominant in 4A, and now they're in 3A in a much weaker conference. And that's not a that's not a shot at the teams in this conference. They're just not on the level of Thomas Jefferson and McKeesport were last year. So, yeah, um, Quentin – or um, not Quentin Martin, but Quentin Martin and the Bell Vernon Leopards, uh, I will say they, they have a, uh, a murder's row gauntlet kind of to start the season off non-conference-wise. Uh, they got a scrimmage, uh, Matt Humber deciding not to have a week zero game. Um, but I guess I understand that when you look at their first four games of the season, Nathan. Host Laurel Highlands, you're going to have the WVU commit Rodney Gallagher, who we'll talk about in another podcast coming up. At McKeesport, who I think McKeesport is going to be very good this coming season. The defending 5A state champs are coming to the beach, Penn Trafford. And then you're at Thomas Jefferson for that old rivalry in the first four weeks. That's all in September. Uh, and not to mention the last week of September, you you host South Allegheny to get interstate play started. So that is one heck of a four-week gauntlet from Laurel Highlands, September 2nd, to at Thomas Jefferson, September 23rd. Yeah, and that September gauntlet, uh, basically the same schedule that we saw from last year, although most of those games were actually in conference for Bell Vernon. You open up with Laurel Highlands, and Bell Vernon handled WVU commit Rodney Gallagher very well last year. Um, McKeesport, at the end of the season, you were at that game. Bell Vernon was strong and held their held their will in that game as well. Um, Penn Trafford, a game that Bell Vernon really, from start to finish, was the better team over the Warriors. And then finally, um, Thomas Jefferson, Bell Vernon beat handily in the playoffs. And then, of course, we all remember the Devin Whitlock miracle run with four seconds left in the regular season. Uh, now that those games are out of conference, how does that change the outlook for the Leopards uh, heading into those matchups now that the pressure is not necessarily going to be the same to win those? Yeah, I think it takes a lot of the – well, I shouldn't say – I don't know what word I was looking for. I was going to say excitement, but I don't think it takes the excitement away because those are still going to be huge games. But the games, I guess, don't mean as much, which really they don't. I mean, Laurel High – I mean – Laurel Highlands, McKeesport, and Thomas Jefferson, like they're not, not they're not conference anymore, so like they don't have hold as much weight. Um, so that that one that one part of it disappoints me, but I still think they're going to be great games. 
but you know they're not going to be there. I don't think there's going to be as big a buildup as there has been in past years, like last year with Bell Vernon and TJ. So uh, that kind of disappoints me. But I, I will say I am glad to see that um, the the teams are still playing each other. That makes me happy. But they're not going to be as as big a buildup uh, to these games as there has been in past years. Do you think then might even make better games out of it because there's I don't I, won't, I don't want to say there's less to lose but the importance upon conference you know is not going to be there. Uh I mean that's hindsight 2020. I mean you could they could be better games but you know they could be worse, you know. You really don't know. Um I didn't really think about it from that point of view Nathan but um, yeah, you know, they could be willing to do a little bit more in these games just for the fact that you mentioned non-conference. Um, you know, they don't hold as much weight, but then you don't also want to risk injuries with players when you get into the conference play, so there's that factor. But, um, no, I still think the games will be very good. It's just like they're not going to be like – like we're not going to talk about them like as much as we would like we did Belvern and TJ last year in that all-time classic because that one decided the pretty much the, well we fought the conference until McKeesport upset TJ second to last week all that but still you, you understand what I'm saying like they just don't like since they're not you know battling like those four teams if they're in the same conference those t- t- four teams would be like four of like probably the top six teams in all of 4A you know but now that Belvern is down in 3A, uh, the games just don't hold as much. What is a realistic expectation for how Quentin Martin will perform in his senior season, or in his junior season, rather, against 3A defenses like a Southmoreland, like a, you know, a, a South Allegheny? I think the thing for Coach Humbert and the Belvern and Leopards is managing Quentin Martin well, because you, you want him to... Yeah, you know, because he's such a generational talent, you you know, he's going to have big games, but manage him to where he's not out there and then he's going to get himself hurt. You know what I mean? In games where you you got games already handled, which I thought Bell Vernon, I'll be honest, did poorly with that last year, keeping Quentin Martin and Devin Whitlock and some of their other guys in games late where they already had the game handled. So that's going to be the biggest thing for me. I think Quentin Martin's going to have a huge season, which, I mean, even if he was in 4A, I think Quentin Martin would have a huge season. Um, you know, just depending on how, you know, what kind of style offense they go. I don't think it's that outlandish to say Quentin Martin rushes for 2,000 yards this season. And under center, Devin Whitlock was a, such a dynamic playmaker using his legs, not necessarily his arm as much, but using his legs. And now they got a junior coming up, Braden Lau, who's you know very tall, can definitely use his arm. There's already been a lot of smoke around him as being a, a major college prospect, even though he hasn't even started a game. Um, now you're looking at an offense that's going to be a little bit more dynamic in the way that they're able to pass the ball, that he's got three receivers coming back. Uh, does that make you excited for how this Belvern and offense is going to transform going into the season? Well, the offense, Nathan's definitely going to revolve around Quentin Martin. There's no doubt in that, but I will be excited to see, I, I you know, I have a, you know, the one thing about Devin Whitlock as great as a player, he was his arm was the deciding factor in really how Bell Vernon's season ended last year. Uh, Aliquippa took away the run game, 
and you know they they made Devin Whitlock pass, and, and that's what did it, and and uh, that ended their season, you know, and they they, they they exploited his weakness, which was his arm. So we'll we'll see this year, you know, how the passing game transitions, and we'll see if it's any better. So so yeah, I am excited to see that, and you know they do like you said, they do have solid receivers back. Um, so not to mention Quentin Martin, a threat out of the backfield, and you can line him outside wide. So. So, yeah, I, I think we'll see a lot better of a passing game from Bell Vernon this coming season. And they lose just about, you know, a top playmaker at every level of their defense. They You look on the line, at, uh, Ryan McGrew wasn't as necessarily a factor last season with injury, uh, but they do lose Cole Waitman on, that, on, on the line. Riley Wyant was a big linebacker, you know, important role player for them. And Logan Cunningham in the defensive backfield. Uh, how much is that going to hurt, um, and who steps up to fill those roles? Yeah, I think that it's just going to be by committee. Truthfully, like this team, like they just re- they they've reloaded the last several years. I th- I think they'll be fine. They got guys in place. Uh, Matt Humbert's got a good program there, and they'll they'll find you know no no specific name comes to mind. Um, you know, so um, I mean, Luke Breyer, he'll get a chance on the offensive line, and maybe we'll see him on the defensive line too. Someone that maybe can a new face for like McGrew, but um, you know, you're still going to have Quentin Martin back there, the defensive secondary. So, um, you know, I, I think this team's going to be fine. And theoretically, this team is going to be a favorite in every single one of their interstate games. They should sweep all of them. And that should land them a number one seed in the 3A uh, playoffs. Going into the playoffs, what are your expectations for the Leopards and how far they will be able to go this season? Oh, the same as they have. I felt about them the last couple years. I think this team's a WPIO champion contender. And I think, you know, if they can finally get over the hump and win the WPIO championship, that, that they can make a run for a PIAA championship. Yeah, I mean, looking across the rest of the Whippeal, I'm not sure that the same like level of stardom or talent is there uh, at the 3A level. I mean, probably the best you're looking at is Avonworth in the Northwestern Six, or may and and that even then, you know, Freeport. Those teams are not going to be on the same level as Bell Vernon. So, I, I think this is going to be a team that's really going to perform very well in the regular season and should take care of business at the Whitfield level. But a team that might be looking to have an argument against that is the team that I have ranked second here in the interstate, and that's the Elizabeth Ford Warriors. And we mentioned all the Bell Vernons coming back with, how about Elizabeth Ford? They got their quarterback back. They got a talented wideout in Zach Boyd back. They got a great athlete, Johnny DiNapoli. We'll be interested to see where he lines up. Charlie Melieb, uh, a bunch of really good players, and this is a team that really hasn't been talked about as much over the past offseason. Yeah, and I mean, this team uh, I thought would be a WPI title contender, and I still think they are, but it's just hard because, you know, with Bell Vernon coming down, um, they, they do lose Devontae Brownfield. Um, Kyle Flournoy, who, you know, they, those two were big time players for this team, but yeah, having Zion white back, Zach Boyd, you, you know, Johnny DiNapoli, uh, you know, th- those are just a couple of the guys. I mean, this team is really, um, 
really undervalued this year, I think, and how people around the WPIL look at them. I mean, this was this team won the conf this conference last year, and uh, Elizabeth Forward's been right there the last several years. In fact, having a WPIL championship appearance uh, within the recent years, it's just it's hard now with them. You know, they have Bell Vernon at the end of the year. That's actually they get to host Bell Vernon in the game that will most likely decide the conference championship. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see what Elizabeth Forward is made of. I mean, they do have star power, but to the level Bell Vernon has, I don't I I wouldn't say, but um they definitely have experience and uh, you know, having that game at home, that that'll mean a lot as well. With all that Elizabeth Ford comes back with, and let's ignore Bell Vernon at the moment, but um, looking at how they stack up across the rest of 3A, could, and with all that the Warriors come back with, could this be a season where we maybe see Elizabeth Ford um, make a little bit of a run and get to Acrisure Stadium? Oh, yeah, I think I, I think that's, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think that's out of sight at all for Elizabeth Ford. Um, they, they, they do, they just, they have a really talented team. They have their, they have their best player, in my opinion, back in Zion white, uh, the, at the quarterback position, they have their best playmaker back at wide out and Zach Boyd. And then Johnny DiNapoli's back as well. That doesn't hurt either. So yeah, this team's really got the firepower to make a big run in the playoffs. And if they can pull an upset, uh, you know, maybe, Maybe it's Elizabeth Forward holding up the WPI championship at Acrisure Stadium here in uh, late November. And just looking at the schedule, they start the season off at Ringgold, home against West Mifflin, East Allegheny on the road. Shady Side at home and at Knock in the out of conference. Uh, and then in conference, they have to go to Southmoreland and to Greensburg Salem, but the rest of the conference they have in their own house. Um, last season, it was really a tale of two halves, where at the beginning of the season, Elizabeth Ford just played really flat. Um, and, you know, they won a couple close games. They lost a couple close games. They were all pretty low scoring, and we were waiting for that offense to emerge. Uh, now we're looking at an out-of-conference that's very much of the same vein. They play Ringgold again. They play West Mifflin again. Um, how are they going to avoid starting out the way they did last season against a, a, a conference schedule that stacks up about the same. Yeah, you mentioned at this uh, pretty much the same. They're at Ringgold again, where they started last year, had a twelve nothing win, and then the second week they play, or well, week one rather, they play, they host West Mifflin. They were at West Mifflin last year, so yeah, uh, they're just gonna have to come out and uh, play Elizabeth Forward football, and they have to play like the team they did towards the end of last year, where they just rolled everybody. Um, so. Uh, I mean, I really think I, I really think this Elizabeth Forward team is going to be nine and zero heading into week uh, nine uh, against Bell Vernon. I, I really do. I really am high on this team this year. Um, and like I said, I think if they can pull off an upset, I, I really think this team is a championship contender. And it seems like. Um the top three teams in this conference could all be undefeated heading into week eight, which is exciting, which well, except for this next team coming up here, but that that's an exciting prospect that Elizabeth Ford in week eight has to go to Greensburg Salem. And at that point, um, all three teams will probably likely have a shot to win 
the conference. And that third team, of course, is the Greensburg-Salem Golden Lions. Coach Dave Kiefer coming in for his first season. They lose their star QB in Hayden Tesca, J.C. Wallace, the fourth also leaving as well. But they got some, you know, guys with a lot of experience, especially on the line. Uh, what are you looking at from the Golden Lions and what do you think of their transition down to 3A and how it will benefit them? Yeah, I'm excited to see Greensburg-Salem, one of the more historic programs in the WPIL, uh, one of the few programs to win 700 or more wins. Um, and yeah, they're coming down to 3A now. Uh, just looking at how their season was last year, start out, a loss at Hemfield. They got a win against Connellsville. They crushed Mount Pleasant at Mount Pleasant, so keep that in mind. Uh, you know, they got a big win at Knock, Indiana they won, and then they got crushed by Hampton and Armstrong. Good win against a good Mars team last year, lost to Highlands. And, I mean, this team was almost on the verge of the playoffs last year, uh, losing a week nine game at Plum by three. But, yeah, I mean, this team does lose their star quarterback, a good running back. But they still return, I think, enough talent. And now them dropping the 3A, this program being as good as it is, uh, I really like this team. And like you mentioned, I mean, these ta- these three teams that we've talked about thus far could all be – you know, undefeated heading into week eight. Well, assuming obviously they have to play Bell Vernon in uh, week six there. Um, but, oh, well, yeah. you know, I, I mean, they honestly, you look at the rest of their schedule leaning up to that game and there's an argument to be made. I don't know how good against Hemfield they're going to be in week zero, but they could be, you know, undefeated heading into that home matchup. Um, that could, you know, build the hype train a little bit around this Greensburg-Salem Lions squad. So what are you looking as far as names to watch out for uh, for the Golden Lions that maybe could emerge to replace Tesco and Wallish? Oh, you know, I I, I look at Jerome Wallish. You know, he, I think he could have a big senior season for sure. Um, I, I, that's the guy I'm looking at uh, to really step up for this team. Um, you know, it, it's going to be hard because of what a season Hayden Tesca had uh, and J.C. Wallace. So uh, I, I think Jerome Wallace could be that guy. But who knows? This team might be, you know, kind of by committee. They have a, they have practically their whole offensive line back from last year. That never hurts. Um, so so we'll see. We'll see what kind of offense they're going to run. You know, we'll see, um, you know, um, Peyton Chismar, the sophomore, he looks like right now the front runner to be the quarterback. We'll see. I don't, you know, it's going to be hard to replace a guy like Hayden Tesca, but uh, we'll see what Greensburg Salem uh, is going to be able to do. Absolutely, and uh, definitely looking forward to watching the Golden Lions and hopefully compete for an interstate title. Another team that competed for an interstate title last season, and a team that really. You know, I remember seeing their game against Southmoreland and Jason Faskis on the on the field told his team we're going to win the conference after beating Southmoreland and um, a game against Elizabeth Ford in the third to last week of the season a thirty five nothing shutout really ended their hopes of that. Um, but with you know their quarterback in Tyler Reese, not sure if he's actually going to be playing quarterback this season. He might be moving to receiver, but we'll see how that ends up but they get Robbie Labuda back they lose Aaron Alexson um what's your impressions of the swing T offense coming back and uh 
do they have a shot to really make noise for a title or with the two uh, additions of Greensburg, Salem and Bell Vernon, has that really pushed them out of the conversation? Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, we're going to have to see these guys really step up. Tyler Reese and Labuda and his, their senior seasons are really going to have to step up uh, if this team's going to want to even get close to, uh, one, make the playoffs and even being a, a championship conference contender again. And uh, just looking elsewhere, you know, looking on the offensive line, they got a ton of guys back, and that was really one of the strong points of that team. Um, at, at their schedule, they open up with Greensburg Central Catholic, Yawk, McGuffey, all at home. Then they go to Valley and Freeport. What are your impressions of the schedule having those games at home early in the year and then you know, only having two in the rest of the season? Yeah, that's going to be tough, especially, Nathan. You look at the where they're at, at Elizabeth Forward, at Bell Vernon, and then a, a rivalry game at South Moreland to finish the season off. That's that's a tough couple weeks, especially the back-to-backs, uh, October 7th and 14th at Elizabeth Forward, then at Bell Vernon. That's a tough two-week stretch that um, you know could really make or break Mount Pleasant's season. And what do you think the – a realistic realistic expectation for the Vikings season because last season I think there was an expectation that they would at least finish second they ended up tied for second um if not compete for first where should expectations for Vikings fans be entering this year I I think the expectation for Vikings fans I think they'll I think they're right there to make the playoffs but I think it's going to be them battling for that last playoff spot with the next two teams and um our uh, preview and one of those teams, the South Allegheny Gladiators, and this is going to be a special season for them. Darwin Mangus, first season as head coach, coming over from Ringgold. They got a real Division One threat. Uh, com- Youngstown State commit Deshaun Carter on the defensive line. He's going to be big. Um, looking elsewhere, Eric Wehrer is back for his third year under center. Uh, but it seems as though South Allegheny is a really top-heavy team. But... Maybe Top Heavy could just win you a playoff spot in this conference. What are your impressions of the Gladiators as they look to inaugurate their brand new field? Yeah, I, I really like the Southmoreland team. I really liked them last year. Uh, they lose Kevon Markwood, Akil Carrington, Dylan Haynes, but uh, I really like what they have back. Eric Warner, um, you know, Deshaun Carter, just to name a couple. Uh, these guys, you know, this is going to be a really, really good team this year. Um, I, I, they're going to have a brand new stadium, which is always nice as well. And, and I think their schedule really favors them. Now we look non-conference to start out. They're at Yawk. Uh, they host Freeport. Uh, that's going to be the game to open up their new stadium. Adamani Christian, at East Allegheny, and then hosting Shadyside. Uh, you know, they could be – a five and zero heading into Bell Vernon the last week in September. I remember last season at the beginning of their schedule, we were like, "This Allegheny, this South Allegheny team is the best owned four team in the Whippeal." Because you look at the first four games they played last season at Sarah Catholic, at St. Clairsville, home against Ringgold, and at South Moreland. Um, all four of those games, obviously, South Moreland game is probably arguable, but. Um, the, at least the first three of the, those games, they shouldn't have been favored against. Um, so this season, now it's it stacks up a little bit easier. Do you think that'll help or hurt uh, South Allegheny in the long run? 
I think it will help. I think that'll get the momentum going and the mindset of how good this team can be. Um, so I, I think, you know, I, I think it always is going to be helping when you're, you're in the better end of the win total. And their first home game is going to be against Freeport, and that is going to be an absolute statement game. If South Allegheny can somehow pull out the win there at home in front of, uh, on their new turf in front of their fans, that is going to go a long way uh, for Darwin Manges. All right, let's move on to the final team in the interstate, and it's one that I I'm. I haven't really been looking forward to talking about just because of you know the tragedy that befell this team in the off season, but that's the Southmoreland Scotties. Uh, what are you, what are your opinions of the Scotties going into twenty twenty two and their team as a whole? Uh yeah, I mean they, this team loses a lot uh, from last year's team. You look at Anthony Govern, the future Yellow Jacket, Corey Ansel. Um, Noah Phillips, Isaac Trout, John Bass. I mean, those are the big key contributors uh, from last year's team. Um, and, and, you know, th- this it's going to be a tough season for Southmoreland. Uh, you know, still, this is the first season without, um, you know, the late Ron Frederick. So, um, you know, it, it's going to be a tough season. They've had a tough off season as it is. So, um, but these Southmoreland kids have heart and, and they'll battle till the end. So, um, you know, this team, they're not going to go down without a fight. So, um, Southmoreland had their best season, uh, in a long time last year. Um, you know, and we'll see, I mean, we'll see what happens this year. Uh, they, they got a couple games I think they can win, but just being in the toughest conference as they are, you know, it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be tough. It's going to be the toughest season. Um, for them in a while. Yeah, and uh, it seems as even though it might be tough, there's still a lot of hope on the horizon. You remember, you know, it was only a couple of years ago when we were discussing Southmoreland and, you know, their playoff, their long playoff drought and how they were able to turn it around for the last couple of years. I, I think this is their third straight playoff season, Jeremiah. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I, I don't know. I'd have to I, I think I, I think the first year they made it was 2019, and I'm not sure if they made it in 2020 or not. I'll have to go check that. I don't that, think they but, did. Okay. Uh, but, you know, this team has definitely been performing extremely well over the past couple of seasons. Does it feel like this season might be where we've been waiting for the other shoe to drop, and now it's finally going to drop, and this team, you know, regresses for a little bit, but still has some pieces enough to build for the next couple of years. Yeah, they definitely still have a couple of pieces to build for the next couple of years. I mean, Southmoreland isn't going to be gone by any means. So, um, you know, th- this season they'll just have to get past this season and get be- and be better from it. And what are some names that you sh- that even though Southmoreland may not be performing as well as in past years that we should look out for? Uh, yeah, uh, Gimme Junior, Ronald Collins uh, at the wide receiver position, and Caden Kiefer at the going to be probably the new quarterback in his junior year. Those two guys are juniors, so they're going to have to build off this season together, and then hopefully have a strong senior season in twenty twenty three. And they got two big ones in the out of conference to start off the season. They go to McGuffey in week zero. And if you remember last season, that was really the point where Southmoreland put their stamp on the 2021 season um, with that week zero 47 to 22 win over the Highlanders. And then their home opener against Ligonier Valley. Um, how much are those two games really going to define the Scotty season? 
Well, they're going to really define it. We're going to see what the Scotties team's like. Again, a pretty decent McGuffey team and a, a really good Ligonier Valley team coming back uh, from last year. That's going to be their home opener this year. So, yeah, that's that, that's really going to decide what, what we're going to see from South Moreland this year. And that just about wraps up the interstate. Let's run through the, my rankings at least once again. I have Bell Vernon at one, Elizabeth Ford at two, Greensburg-Salem at three. Mount Pleasant in the final playoff spot at number four. South Allegheny just barely missing out at number five. And at number six, the South Moreland Scotties. Jeremiah, what are your rankings? Yeah, so ours are practically similar, but one change. I'll go ahead and do mine. I usually do mine from bottom to top, but I'll do mine from top to bottom. Yeah, Bell Vernon's going to run away with this conference. Um, I have Bell Vernon winning the interstate. Elizabeth Forward's going to be second. Greensburg-Salem at three. The one change, I have the South Allegheny Gladiators getting back to the WPIL playoffs. So that means Mount Pleasant is on the outside looking in. And then in last place, I have the Southmoreland Scotties. All right, that just about finishes up the podcast. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to click like and follow on all of our podcast feeds that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, anywhere else you might be interested in listening to podcasts. You can go check out all of the digital content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Go check out the written content on pafootballnews.com. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to support us on anchor go check out the link in the description or check out some of our merch on teespring aside from that i'm nathan grella i'm jeremiah miller and we'll see you guys next time when we're discussing the whippeal 4a big eight see you guys you've been listening to the backyard pa football podcast with nathan grella and jeremiah miller contact us on facebook twitter or through email Support us on Patreon. Check out some merch on Teespring. Thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.